All right, I want to talk to you about faith today. How many of you are ready to talk about faith? Now, I want to talk to you about how faith fights. I want you to get that concept. I want you to think with me and let it go from here to here that faith fights. And I want to read to you out of 2 Timothy 4, 7. It says only one quick verse. Let's read it together. It's one of my favorites. It's what we all of us want to be able to say about our lives at the end of our lives. Amen? So let's read it together. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Father, thank you for your word today, and I pray that you will bless it, minister in it. And I'm asking you, Lord, to build up our faith, build our faith, strengthen our faith. I pray for supernatural understanding, that we will see faith in a new light, a stronger light today. And Lord, we will walk out of your understanding the way that faith brings us the victory when our faith is in you. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. We breathe a prayer and say, Lord, speak to my heart today. I receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God heard that prayer. You can be seated. God bless you. Uh, we're wrapping up our series on faith today. This is the fourth Sunday we've been talking about faith. And we've seen, let me recap real quickly, we've seen that faith is the guarantee of things you're hoping for. Think about that. It's the substance or the guarantee of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things you don't see yet. So if, if you have faith for something and that something is in the will of God for you, then faith is the guarantee that one day it's going to show up. God's going to provide it. Uh, we've seen that faith is not moved by circumstances. You know what moves faith? The promises of God. Faith is moved by the word of God. It's moved by the promises of God. Faith responds to the word of God. And then it sees and greets what hasn't appeared yet, as if it's already there. That's the way faith acts. Isn't that weird? Faith will say, hi there, when it's not there yet. Amen. So as Christians, we walk by faith. We are not to walk by sight, but we walk by faith. By faith. Not by what circumstances tell us. Not what negative reports tell us. Not what people tell us. But what faith says. We walk by faith. We see by faith. And not by the sight of our natural eyes. There's things I see today that aren't here yet. But I see it as if it's there. Amen? Now, today I want to talk to you about how faith fights. How faith fights. Now, Paul said, I have fought the good fight. Now, we know that his fight didn't have anything to do with physical. He's not saying he was out there beating people up, converting them to Christianity by the fist. Amen? We don't cut off heads or stab people or beat people up to convert them. No. He said, I have fought a good fight. Uh, and earlier in the letter, he tells us what he means by that. What, what is a good fight? He says to Timothy earlier, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So there you have it. He says the good fight is the fight of faith. And the fight of faith is the only good fight. And why is it a good fight? Because of the outcome of the fight of faith. When we fight the fight of faith, we are advancing the kingdom of God, glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and seeing righteousness rule and reign where once evil and wickedness did. So it's a good fight. How many of you can say that when you came to Jesus and gave your heart to him, somebody had been praying for you, and when you left Satan's kingdom for God's kingdom, the good fight that they prayed over you was worth it because Satan lost ground and Jesus gained ground when you got saved. Amen. Amen. There are people all around us who spend their entire lives involved in fleshly fights, silly fights, wrong-headed fights, physical fights, useless fights, and unwinnable fights. They spend their whole life fighting over things that don't really matter. But none of that is true for the fight of faith. The fight of faith is a good fight. It's worth our life. It's worth our prayers. It's worth our strength. It's worth our all. The good fight of faith. And if you're a Christian, can I just inform you today, you got drafted whether you like it or not. You're in a war. You're on a battlefield. If you know that's true, say amen. Amen. You're on a battlefield. You got drafted. When you came to Jesus, you didn't know it, but you were entering into a major spiritual conflict. And when you got saved, you got a target put on your own chest. And you entered a battle. You entered a war. And a lot of Christians have totally forgotten about that. God did not save us to make us comfortable. God saved us to bring us into a good fight. Come on, everybody. Bible talks about those who are at ease in Zion. Let me tell you something. If Jesus is your Lord and you are walking with him with all of your heart, you are not in ease in Zion. You have peace with God, but you are in a battle. We're in a warfare. And the Bible talks about it over and over again. Now, usually when you hear the word faith, you think of somebody who has just put their trust in God. Well, there is somebody who just put their belief in God. They believe in God. When you hear the word faith, you go, ah, they believe in God. And we don't usually equate faith with fighting. That's not what we think about when we hear about faith. We don't think about faith as something that fights. But faith is not only the means by which we're saved and go on to obtain the promises of God, but it's also a weapon by which we fight the good fight a spiritual battle, and we gain the victory. Who is he and what is that that overcomes the world, John said? Even our faith. Now, in Ephesians 6, Paul calls faith a shield. He gives us the famous armor of God, and he says, Above all, above all, you take the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now I want you to listen carefully to that verse. It's very powerful. It tells us something about the warfare that we're in. And some of you are in a battle today. You're in a battle in your home. You're in a battle in your marriage. You're in a battle with your children. You're in a battle over your finances. Some of you are in a real battle. And so I want you to listen carefully because I'm going to tell you today, out of God's word, how to win. How many of you want to win? Well, that, was, that wasn't even all of you. That was about half of you. How many of you want to win? Come on, everybody. Wake up. How many of you want to win? Amen. The greatest winner of all time is living inside of you. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. But listen to this. The shield of faith by which you'll be able to quench, quench all the fiery darts of the w- wicked one. Now, in 
the old days, the Bible days. We're told by archaeologists that when it came to ancient warfare, soldiers made spears that were tipped with flammable liquid. So they have this long spear with this sharp point, and it has been tipped with combustible liquid that they would light and then throw the spear. They would throw this spear, and if they threw it at a person, it not only wounded them, it burned them, but if they threw it at a dwelling, it not only struck the dwelling, but it set the dwelling on fire. And I want you to notice that this is how Paul describes the fiery spears or arrows shot at us by the devil. The idea behind the devil's attacks, the fiery darts that Paul talks about, is he will hurl them suddenly and unexpectedly, a temptation or an attack strikes us. And the devil has designed it not only to stick, but to set our souls on fire. That's the idea, to set our souls on fire. Now, I want to tell you that when I got saved and I came to Jesus and he filled me with the Holy Spirit, I experienced a spiritual fire. He set my spirit on fire. I like to call it Holy Ghost heartburn. There is, listen, Holy Ghost heartburn is as real as anything in the world because it says the Holy Spirit fell on them on the day of Pentecost like a fire resting over their heads. And that was not by mistake because God takes cold, sinning, dead hearts. And when we become born again, he sets us on fire for God, sets us on fire for Jesus. It's called zeal, but I call it Holy Ghost heartburn. You don't need a Rolaids for it. You don't need the purple pill for it. You don't want to put it out. And I got lit when I was 18 and I've been lit ever since. And sometimes I think it's getting worse. I'm lit. And if you're lit today, I want you to say amen. Come on, lit. But here's the deal. The soul can be set on fire by other things. And that's the idea behind the, the, the devil's fiery darts. Your soul can be set on fire with lust with fear, with unbelief, with hate. Uh, look at our world today. Look at how much of our world has been set on fire by hate. How many people burn with hate. I want you to know, Holy Ghost heartburn comes from God. But the kind of fire I'm talking about here, the other kinds of fire don't come from God. God doesn't light anybody on fire with hate or fear or unbelief or lust. He sets us on fire with holy zeal for the works of God and to know Jesus and to love him and to draw near to him and to press into him and to glorify him. But these other things that set our souls on fire come from the fiery darts. Amen. Satan lights that spear. Let me get this person right here on fire with hate. He throws it. And it strikes your mind. And not only does it stick in your mind, but it sets your soul on fire. And you start hating people. You start turning on people. You get bitter at people. And, and, and on it goes. Paul says that if we're exercising our faith, Walking in Bible faith, the fiery attack will strike the shield of your faith and fall to the ground extinguished, quenched, put out. And I love that. Satan says, let me light him on fire. He lights the spear or the arrow and he aims it and he fires it. But you've got your shield of faith up above all, taking the shield of faith. You've got it up and, and that fiery arrow strikes the shield and falls to the ground. Psst, and it's out. And it doesn't stick, 
It doesn't get you on fire. It doesn't set your soul on fire. It doesn't burn you. It, it is totally deflected by the shield of your faith. So what we want to see today is how does uh, faith become a shield that protects us in the day of battle? A spiritual weapon that defeats the attempts of our enemy to shoot us down and to defeat us. Because the devil can't take you out of heaven, but he'll try to hinder you. He'll try to distract you. He'll try to get you caught up in other things that have nothing to do with God's will for you. And one of the ways he does it is setting your soul on fire with something that God doesn't want you to have. So how do we hold up the shield of faith to deflect the burning temptations, the fiery fears, the flaming missiles, Satan throws at us. How does faith fight and win? Well, I'm going to use a simple acronym today. I want you to say the word with me, SPY. 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 Now, I'm going to use that acronym, and each of those letters is going to represent a powerful truth about, about spiritual warfare and how to win. Because, listen, Bible faith is fighting faith, and fighting faith is winning faith. He always leads us in victory in Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. So God wants us to win, not lose. So I'm going to use that acronym, SPY, and here's what the letters stand for. Say them with me. Stand, punch, yield. So when you get into a battle, I want you to always remember this acronym. It's not if you get into a battle, it's when you get into a battle. Remember, spy. I'm going to know how to stand, I'm going to know how to punch back, and I'm going to know how to yield. So let me deal with them one at a time. First, fighting faith, winning faith, always stands on the Word of God. It always stands on the authority of the Word of God. Did you know that in Ephesians 6, when Paul's talking about the armor of God, he uses the word stand three different times. That's how important it is. He says that you may be able to stand. Then he says, having done all, to stand. And then, stand, therefore. So Paul pictures you and I in a spiritual battle. We are not knocked down. We are not on the mat. He pictures us standing. He's telling us what to do so that we are not knocked down and knocked out, but we remain standing and strong after the battle is over. Standing, not shell-shocked, standing, not down, standing, not having been defeated, but having won the battle, standing. In the day of battle, everything hinges on how and where you take your stand, where you station yourself, how you take your stand. Every boxer knows this is true. Every wrestler knows this is true. How you take your stand, how you position yourself has everything to do with whether or not you win or lose. And if you lean on your own strength or worldly solutions, you will go down in defeat. But the Bible says if you do what the Bible is telling us to do, the Bible promises we will stand. Having done all, stand. Stand, therefore. When it's all said and done and the dust is settled, we are standing. Now, I'll give you an example. In the Old Testament... We read of David's mighty men. Now, there were three top mighty men, and one of them's name was Shammah. And I love Shammah. Don't name your son Shammah, because that's kind of hard. Hey, Sham. But Sham was one of the top three. 
And there's a reason he was one of the top three. One day, the Philistines attacked God's people in a field full of lentils. Now, how many of you love lentil soup? So we know what this is talking about, lentils. It's just a bean field. And, and God's people were, were working this field. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just like the devil always does, because the Philistines always represent the devil in the Bible, the Philistines attacked them while they were just doing their daily work, going about their daily business, working this lentil field. All of a sudden, the Philistines attacked them out of nowhere. And the Bible says that all of them fled, ran, and gave up the field to the Philistines, except one man, Shammah. And the Bible says, but he stationed himself in the middle of a field of lentils, defended it, and killed the Philistines, so the Lord brought about a great victory. Now, please, folks, use your sanctified imagination a minute. Here is one man. He's got a whole army of Philistines coming against him. Everybody has run in fear. But Shammah stands his ground by himself in the name of his God, draws his sword, and single-handedly fights off and totally defeats an entire army of Philistines. Spine of steel. I like him. Amen? Now, I want you to notice that the Holy Ghost wrote the Word of God. You know that. The Holy Ghost moved on holy men of old and gave them what to write so the Holy Ghost doesn't waste words. The Holy Ghost, if the Holy Spirit puts something in the Bible, He wants us to see it and take note of it. And here's what I noticed. That Shammah stood strategically in the middle of the field. In the middle of the field. And that was the most strategic position he could get in because in the middle of the field, he saw the enemy coming from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. You could not surprise him. He saw you coming. And so he drew that sword. They're coming from the north. He took care of them. They come from the south. He takes care of them. He sees them coming from this way, and he sees them coming from the other way. He strategically positioned himself in the middle of the field, and the way he stationed himself had everything to do with whether or not he won or lost the battle. And he thoroughly won. Can you imagine being one of these Philistines and going back to your commanding officer and telling him, well, everybody ran but one guy, but that one guy whooped all of us. All things are possible to him that believes. Now, the Bible is telling us about his position on purpose. Because it was the perfect position to win the battle. And in the same way, folks, when we station ourselves in the middle of God's word, listen carefully to me. What field do you run to and how do you position yourself in that field when you come under attack? Listen, when I come under attack, you're going to find me making a beeline for my Bible, and I'm going to open it up, and I'm going to saturate my mind in the Word of God, and I'm going to stand in the middle of that field, the field of the Word of God. That is the most strategic place of victory. Folks, Bible faith always stands on the authority of God's Word. Always. Always. Let me ask you a question. Where do you run when you get under attack? Can I tell you where not to run? Don't run to Oprah. Don't run to Dr. Phil. Run to the Word of God. Because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, if you come here very much, 
I'm a broken record with this. I can't tell you how much I believe in going to the Word of God for victory. If that's what Jesus did, and that's what Paul did, he called the Bible, or the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. If that's what they used, it's good enough for me. So say with me, the first letter in spy is S for stand. Stand on the Word of God. Now I'm going to come back to the Word of God in just a moment. So don't forget it. Kind of put it on the back burner. Let me go to the second one. The second letter in the word spy is P, and that's for punch. Listen, Bible faith punches back. Bible faith punches back, pushes back. Not only does Paul use the word stand three times in Ephesians 6, but he uses another word that's kind of similar, withstand. Withstand. He says in Ephesians 6.13 that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, the evil day is the day of spiritual attack. Now, notice he used the word withstand. Three times he says stand, but here once he says withstand. <clears throat> withstand is different from stand. Stand means you're in a defensive mode. You're standing there, somebody's coming at you, and, and you're defending yourself. But withstand means to oppose, to fight back, to resist, to push back against. We could say to punch back. Bible faith doesn't lay there and give up ground to the devil. Come on, everybody. No, no. God does not call Christians to lay down and allow the devil to beat up on you and you do nothing about it. Faith is not just passive belief. It doesn't just mean, well, yeah, I believe in God. Oh, yeah, I believe in God out there. Yeah, I believe in God out there. The Bible says the devils also believe and they tremble. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. Bible faith is active. There is an aggressive edge to Bible faith. It fights back, pushes back. It throws punches. Now, now, now back to Shammah for a moment. The field he defended. Why would he sit there and stand and, and, and risk his whole life, literally, to defend a bean field? Here's why. Because the bean field wasn't his. It was his king's. It was King David's field. It was a part of the kingdom of Israel. So when, his, when that field came under attack, he had another motive. His motive was not to defend his field. His motive was to defend the honor and the glory of his king who owned it. So he fought with his life to defend something that looked insignificant, but it was not. Now, the field he defended is much like your life. The field didn't belong to him. It belonged to King David. And you and I don't belong to ourselves. We belong to King Jesus. The Bible says you were bought with a price. Everybody say with me, I've been bought with a price. I'm not my own. Therefore, glorify God in your body. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that with the blood of Jesus, he purchased you and me. So when the devil attacks you and me, he is attacking what is owned by Jesus Christ. Now, I came today to preach up Jesus and preach down the devil. Let me tell you something about the devil. Satan is always looking for a way to gain an advantage over us. To take back the ground that Jesus purchased with his blood. He knows he can't keep you out of heaven, 
So he's going to come and he's going to try to take land in your life. Listen to what the Bible says. Paul warned, don't give ground to the devil. What does that mean? How can I give ground to the devil? Because, listen, the word ground there is from a Greek word that means land or geography. We could even say real estate. And it's telling us, don't give up any part of your life to the devil's control or influence. Fight for your life and all of the ground of your life that makes up the field of your life. Fight for it with every inch of energy that you've got and don't let the devil have any of it. The, Paul says we're not ignorant of Satan's well-thought-out schemes. We're not ignorant about it. The devil can't keep us out of heaven, but he can try to gain a foothold in our finances, in our personal purity, in our time, in our relationships, all of those key areas that belong to Jesus. The devil will try to gain a foothold. And that's what every spiritual battle is about in our life. When the devil attacks us, he's there to gain a foothold. And when he does it, he's a squatter. Because he's taking property that doesn't belong to him. We read about these squatters, these people who go into houses when somebody goes on vacation and they break in. And they go in there and they, they take over the house. And when the people come back, they won't give it to them. And we call them squatters. And, and you know what you got to do with a squatter? you got to kick them out. Because they're not going to leave on their own. And here was Shammah's attitude towards the Philistines. It was, you're not going to get one square inch of this field because this field belongs to my king. So he punched back. And he went on the offense. He used his sword, which represents the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God to us. And you know what our attitude needs to be, church? When the enemy attacks, you're not getting one square inch of my life. You're not getting one square inch of the field of my life. You're not getting my marriage. You're not getting my children. You're not getting me. You're not getting my mind. You're not getting my allegiance to Jesus. I'm here to take a stand. And not only am I going to take a stand on God's word, but I'm going to punch back with God's word. And we're going to have a fight. And I'm not quitting until you're running. Because the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. In what I like to call the showdown in the desert, Jesus didn't just sit there in the wilderness and let the devil beat up on him with temptations, did he? That's not what he did. He punched back with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. When Satan tempted him to misuse God's power by turning stones into bread, Jesus punched back. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Satan came again and tempted him to commit presumptuous sin by intentionally placing himself in the dangerous situation of jumping off of the temple, and Jesus punched back. And he said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Notice, he wasn't just laying there waiting for all the temptations to end. He said, you're a bully, and I don't let bullies beat on me. If you're going to hit me, I'm going to hit back. Folks, you got to hit back in spiritual warfare. You can't just sit there and say, well, this will end someday. Here, Satan is a bully. Have you ever noticed this about bullies? Bullies are great as long as you take it. But when you decide to not take it anymore and you kind of stand with Popeye and you say, that's all I can stand, I can't stand no more. 
and you punch back. Have you ever noticed that a bully says, hey, 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 let's be good. It's all good. We're cool. See you later. Bullies don't like it when you punch back. Satan's a bully. He's the biggest bully in the universe. And he'll beat on you until you say, you know what, I'm done. I can't stand this anymore. I'm going to take a stand against you. When Satan tempted Jesus to fulfill his destiny illegitimately by bowing to evil, Jesus punched back. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Let me ask you today, are you standing on God's word in the middle of your battle? Are you standing in the middle of God's word? Are you saturating your mind? in the Word of God? Are you building yourself up in the faith in the middle of the battle? Are you hanging with people who pull you up instead of drag you down? That's how you punch back. You punch back by staying in prayer. You punch back by staying in the Word. You punch back by going to church when you don't feel like it. You punch back. You punch back until the devil leaves you alone. And after three devastating punches, the devil gave up and left Jesus being beautifully defeated by our Lord. Amen. So faith stands on the Word. Faith punches back with the Word. And then there's the why and spy. Yield. Faith yields the battle to God. Bible faith always yields the battle to God. James said this, So submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. And he will flee from you. Now notice something with me, church. Submitting precedes resisting. Let me tell you the truth about spiritual warfare. You will never defeat the devil until you're submitted to God. Submitting precedes resisting. Fighting faith has a battle posture. And it is submission to the Lordship of Christ. Without submission to God, you have no authority over the devil. Let me give you an example. If a soldier goes AWOL, let me tell you what happens. As soon as he says, I'm out of this army, I'm leaving, and I'm going to go do my own thing, I'm going to go where I want, when I want, and I'm coming out from under the authority of my commanding officer. As soon as he does that, he forfeits his right to fight. He gives up his battle gear. He gets out from under authority. And when he gets out from under authority, watch this, he has no more authority. <clears throat> when the enemy meets this soldier that's gone AWOL, they look behind him to see who's helping him. And there's nobody there because he's gone AWOL from the army. See, when we get out from under God, when we don't submit to God, we say, yeah, I believe in Jesus and I'm going to heaven. I've got a ticket to ride when the rapture comes. But I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to live my own way. And I'm going to kind of cherry pick what verses I want to obey and what ones I don't. And you get out from under being submitted to God. You don't know it, but you just gave up your ability to defeat the devil. The only way that you and I have the power of the army backing us is if we're submitted to the captain that sent us. And Jesus is called the captain of our salvation. That's a military term. That means we've got a captain in this battle, and his name is Jesus. And when we are submitted to him, then we've got the authority 
of him and from him everywhere we go. As long as I'm submitted to the captain that sent me, I have the authority of the captain everywhere that I go. When people come to me and they say, um, you know, Pastor Jeff, I'm really going through a major struggle. I'm really, really struggling. I'm under attack. Uh, I, I, you know, the devil has done this, that, and the other. My home's a wreck. My kids have gone crazy. I, my finances were in the middle of maybe a divorce. Uh, something, you know, I'm in a real battle. The first thing I want to know is this. Are you submitted to the lordship of Jesus? Because any time I've ever been in a major problem, the first thing I check is, am I submitted to the lordship of Jesus? Submit to God. Then resist the devil. Then he will flee from you. Remember that old wagon wheel in the old westerns um, and the Indians, speaking of flying, flaming arrows, uh, the wagon wheel, you had this big wheel and it's made of wood and there was the hub of the wheel and those wooden spokes went out from the hub and you would see the Indians that are coming against the cowboys, they would shoot those flaming arrows and they would hit that hub. And if the hub caught on fire, the whole wheel was in trouble because when the hub's on fire, it lights all the spokes. And as those spokes burn, the wheel collapses and the stagecoach falls and everybody in it is toast. The hub represents the lordship of Christ. And every spoke coming out from the hub are the main issues of life, your finances, your relationships, your habits, your church life, your fellowship, what you think about, where your heart is, all of those spokes come out from that hub. If the hub is on fire with the zeal of God, then every spoke is blessed. But if the hub is on fire with other things and the lordship of Christ being submitted to God is not a reality in all the areas of our life then it affects every spoke going out from that hub the wheels in trouble and ultimately the whole stagecoach the whole life so I ask you today are you submitted to God is every area of your life when I'm in trouble first thing I do I, I do a spiritual check is every area of my life submitted to God my finances, my walk with him, my relationships, it are all, is all of it submitted to God. And if I know the hub is good, I have all the confidence in the world that I'm going to gain the victory. Because listen, submitted, a submitted life is a protected life. A submitted life is a blessed life. A submitted life to the Lord is a favored life. I don't have time to mess around with the flesh. I want the glory of God, the peace of God, the power of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God everywhere I go. And I want to whip the devil. And so he says, are you yielded? Stand on the word, punch back with the word, yield to the God of the word. And as you do that and you resist the devil, he must flee. Come on, everybody. Wouldn't you love to see the devil running from you? I love that word flee. He's not just walking away. He's running. Amen. 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 We stand together today.
Everybody say to me, spy. spy. Next time you're in a battle, just spy it. Say, am I standing right? Am I punching back? And am I yielded? It's that simple. And the Bible says if those three things are good, you're going to win. You're going to win. Stand, punch, yield. Can we say it together? Stand, punch, yield. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for your blessing. Lord, how good are you? You are so good to us. And we thank you for your goodness, Lord. And Lord, we come to you with the battles that we're in. Marriage battles. Temptation battles. Financial battles. The struggle to forgive somebody. The fight to get up and move forward when we don't feel like it. Wanting that fire back with our heads bowed. How many of you can say, Jeff, I would love to have that fire back, that Holy Ghost heartburn. You used to be in church every time the door was open and you witnessed everything that moved and sometimes the things that didn't move. But now the fire is gone. God wants you to have that fire back. Father, I just pray for everyone here today in a battle. If you're in a battle, lift your hands to Jesus. Just lift your hands to him. Say, now, Lord, I stand on your word. I punch back with your word. And I yield everything to the God of the word. Jesus, give me victory today. If there's an area of your life that you're having a hard time yielding, I had a man tell me in the early service in the altar. He said, Jeff, I have such a hard time giving God my business. Just giving God my business. And I said, listen, give God your business. God will bless your business. He said, it's just so hard for me to say the words. I surrender all. I said, well, let's just do it right now. We did it right there. I surrender all. There is freedom in surrender. There's blessing and surrender. Lord, I pray, help us to surrender all. Can we just say it together? Lord, I surrender all. I submit to God with every area of my life. And I resist the devil. In Jesus' name. Now, here's the promise. With your heads bowed, listen to this. Here's the promise. When you're submitted to him, standing on his word, punching back with his word. God says, don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. The Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. Father, I pray for every troubled marriage in this sanctuary. Show your power in touching it, healing it. And with our heads bowed right now, maybe you're here today and you say, Jeff, you know what? I'm not even sure I'm saved. I'm not sure that I'm a child of God. I'm not sure that I've ever made that first act of submission by saying, Lord, I repent of my sin and I turn my soul over to you as my Savior. When you do that, he saves you. We have people come to the Lord in the first service. It happens in every service. It happens every Sunday. 
And maybe here today, you need Jesus. Can I tell you, he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to turn you into something you don't want to be. But he's going to bless your life. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to pray it with me. And just if, you, if you've got a question mark about it, pray this prayer with me. And if you're, even, if you're saved today, you can pray it with me anyway. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose from the dead so that I could be saved. I repent of all of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name. Now with your heads bowed, you say, Jeff, I prayed that with you. Would you just raise your hand in the air where he sees you and I see you? Just raise it high. God bless you. And God bless you. And you, way back in the back, God bless you. Anyone else? And you, I see you over there. What a beautiful sight. People giving their hearts to the Lord. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me, and he's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. If you prayed that prayer with me, I'm going to dismiss in just a moment. And I want to ask you, would you do this? Would you come down and say, I'm going to wait right down here, right in the front, to say, Jeff, I prayed with you, and I want to meet you, and I want to give you something to take home with you that I've written just for you, all right? So come this way when I dismiss, and I'm not going to keep you long at all, okay? God bless you. How many of you are glad you came to church today? How many of you believe that Jesus gives the victory? Do you? Come on. He gives the victory. Amen. Now, uh, in dismissing you, I'm going to do what I know Valerie is thinking. I want to encourage you, go into the fellowship hall and get some of that barbecue. You can't go into the kitchen. Valerie rebuked me in the first service for giving the impression to the people. I'm kind of kidding. Uh, that they could go into the kitchen. She doesn't want you touching any of those buttons. It looks like Star Wars. It looks like a Star Trek. That kitchen is upscale. It's nice. And they make some incredible barbecue. Help the youth out. Take some with you or eat it there. And um, enjoy the first meal from our kitchen. You get to break it in. Amen. And uh, now that we have it, we're going to be preparing a whole bunch of meals for the homeless and we're going to be sending out teams to feed the homeless which i've wanted to do for a long time but we had no kitchen now we've got a kitchen amen all right we're going to count to three you know we're going to shout together spy what does spy stand for tell me punch oh give yourselves a hand that is great that is great Good for you. I'm blessed. That made my day. Because that was the majority of you. Okay, are you ready? One, two, three. Stand. Well, that's good. Stand. Punch. Yield. That's how you win. Amen. Have a good, good day. God bless you.